Hey Craniacs, Laurel here. Just want to let you know there's a little bit of a sound issue on the episode that you're about to listen to. You'll notice it starting about 20 minutes in. Um, so just wanted to give you a heads up and let you know that we've got it fixed for the next one. Thanks for listening. How are you? Happy New Year. Yeah, thank you. Happy New Year, Laurel. I've been anxiously awaiting my next Craniacs. I've been scrolling to the bottom of uh, of Overcast, which I use, but I, I am not loyal to. And uh, I, I've been having to listen to like politics podcasts because <laughs> those have been coming out uh, with significant volume, but there's been no Craniacs. So. Well, I'm glad that we can be this this bright spot in uh, from the, the dumpster fire that 2021 is turning out to be, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it remains to be seen whether there's a bright spot because we're we're still waiting. Uh, it, has there been a craniacs in 2021? There there has not. Um, right. There, there's not. You know, we, we took the holidays. I get two weeks off for the holidays from work, so I take that real seriously. I unplug in every sense of the word. So, I basically turn off the electricity to my house. So. Um, well, and there's we, not a whole lot of electricity going on there anyway. So anyway, we just, yeah, I, I took, I took some time away and, you know, it's just suddenly you look up and it's like January 15th and you haven't recorded a new episode. So we had to get one last one in before the Biden administration took over. So, yeah, I mean, okay. So, uh, I guess, you know, here's to you, Donald, John Trump, you've given us so much to talk about so many emotions and we're just looking forward to, uh, a more even keel next like 30 days at least. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to when I listen to NPR in the morning, not start, not press play on that with a knot already forming in my stomach. Like oh. that's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm hoping for. Well, I'm um, just looking forward to having the, uh, the wherewithal to listen to NPR or read any <laughs> other news source. So, uh, yes. Um, well, uh, hello, Seattle. Uh, this is, uh, this is Craniacs. Uh, I'm Laurel. And I'm Kyle. And I know you're probably thinking, that's not Ryan. You're right. We have a uh, second-time guest, longtime fan, Kyle, joining us. To yeah, Penn what's Pitch. up, Seattle? What's up, Craniacs? Yeah, that's that's his vibe. Um, I'm broadcasting and... to you live from the best city in Texas that's not named Dallas, Houston, <laughs> uh, by James Harden. But uh, oh, the... oh, did James Harden actually leave? He got traded. Oh, well, um, so a longstanding part of Kyle's My Friendship is our disagreement about the rankings of the cities in Texas. I believe I live in the best city in Texas, which is Austin. Um, Kyle is making a face right now. Um, he lives in a city that I've affectionately called the armpit of Texas, but um, I both do to, you know, the city itself, but also the, the weather there. It's very humid. At least we don't get snow. <laughs> uh, the snow last week which, you know, you and me both having lived in DC and you living, being from the Midwest, the snow was adorable to see here. It was, uh, as, Casey, as I put it, my, it, yeah, it was my favorite kind of snow from, based on living in DC, which is beautiful as it falls, stuck to the grass so kids can make snowballs and snowmen and melted on the roads. Ah, that, so, that is nice. Yeah, I would have dressed uh, Florida for, for those of you listeners who are, you know, very interested in my personal life. I have a three-month-old child uh, named Ford, and he is a Texan now, and I don't know if he'll ever see snow. So uh, if if he was in Austin, I would have made him make snow angels and probably made him very upset. But 
Yes. You, you could dress him up in all of the like puffy winter gear that, you know, people in the North have for their children where their kids look miserable. So, um, yeah. I mean, I figure when you all go visit your family in the winter months, there's a chance for snow. If I recall correctly, it snowed right yeah. before your wedding, in, which was in February. So It's true. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Uh, we don't want him to be one of those kids who goes to college and then all of a sudden is like, uh, what is this? Yeah. Well, speaking of in college, my college roommate was from Wisconsin, and she thought it was hilarious in Dallas when we would freak out about winter weather um, because, you know, winter weather to her is like, oh, three feet of snow from a blizzard. Um, and I, I got a taste of that last weekend when Austin was like panicking and running to HEB for toilet paper and bread. And, and then I saw what winter weather we had. So um, anyway, uh, we are talking about the next two episodes in season seven. Uh, we're kicking off with episode five, the dog that rocks the cradle. And I realized since I am like playing Ryan right now, I've got to have like a synopsis here. So let me Google that really quick. Well, I will say that uh, as I watched the episodes last night, you guys, uh, Craniacs host less than 24 hours notice. That's my dedication to the pod. Uh, I made Casey, my wife, watch them with me. And she was just like, this show is not funny. Uh, <laughs> she was like, I don't get it. This show is not funny. Uh, and she just stopped paying attention and got on her phone. So, uh, you know, we, we, we can dig into that a little bit more because um, I, I will say, spoiler, I don't think these were two of the stronger episodes, um, uh, definitely of this season and of the show in general. Um, the synopsis IMDb has is, after losing his job at KACL, Bulldog is delivering pizzas. Seeing how well he gets along with Alice, Roz offers him a job as a babysitter, um, which I would say is actually a decent synopsis of the show. That, that is actually what happened in the plot. Yes. Um, right off the top, I'd like to talk about, um, Bulldog's physique. It's pretty good. I feel like he slimmed down or was wearing padding when he was playing Bulldog previously. And I also noticed Kelsey Grammer looked slightly trimmer. Um, but then Bulldog popped in and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, if Roz just was like a dog without a bone, I'm not sure why she didn't, uh, hit Bulldog up in the dog park after seeing him with his shirt off. But uh, anyway. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a great point. I, th I think she realized perhaps it was a slippery slope of uh, with, with Bulldog. Um, she'd also, you know, been there, done that not that long ago. But yeah, this was this was a very Roz-centered episode. As, as yes. I, I, I do think Ryan is disappointed that he was not able to, to join for this one because... Um, he, he did, however, text me his notes and thoughts. So, um, well, but anyway, to we'll have to incorporate them. I, I will just give Casey one additional thought. She also said when she was saying the show wasn't funny, Roz is not a good actress. So I'm glad that I'm glad that Ryan is not here to respond to that. But he can send her a Facebook message. And uh, wow, I know. That is, that's, ooh, that is shots fired. Yeah, I mean, Ryan is probably likely, as he's listening right now, his eyes probably bugged out and he probably yelled like, what? Um, mm -hmm. I should say that I now feel like I'm friends with Perry Gilpin because I follow her on Instagram and occasionally comment on her posts and she has liked my comments both times. Wow. So I feel like we're just, we're just a few cute DMs away from being actual friends. Um, anyway, uh, so go going, going back to the episode. Um, so 
Roz and Frazier are working at working at Frazier's apartment on some, you know, radio things and they ordered a pizza and Bulldog is the delivery person. Yeah. Which this for some reason this like to me, I feel like the the present day comparison is like getting into the car and realizing getting into the Uber and realizing you know the Uber driver and the Uber driver used to be your coworker. Right. And it and it's not and it's at a time where it's like they're not just doing it on the side. It's like you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're getting a work Uber to the airport at 2 p.m. or something. Uh, yes. You know, not yes. at 10 p.m. or something like that. Um, yes. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, especially now in COVID, we ordered pizza last night, and you don't even see the delivery drivers anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who pays with cash? I mean, that's old-fashioned. Uh, yeah. So, it, so it's a little bit different. This is something – did we talk about this on at Trivia on Tuesday? ordering pizzas we talked about this ordering yeah. pizzas to yes. somebody's house could you could you elaborate on that prank because yeah, i do not understand so, it well uh as as uh real craniacs fans know i'm one of houston's top lawyers and <coughs> i'm sorry, locked in, a, in an epic battle with our mortal enemy and uh my colleague and i were talking about ordering a bunch of pizzas to our opposing counsel's house when this case was over and sticking him with the bill um because some people still pay in cash, I think. Um, but this was a prank. I don't know if we got it from like Mighty Ducks or something, but uh, we, we having were recently <laughs> Having recently watched Mighty Ducks, I can guarantee you did not. <laughs> no, I, I haven't recently watched Mighty Ducks. I don't know where it came up, but uh, that's what we're going to do when this case is over and just uh, see if we can make it work. So, so my, my question when Kyle unveiled this, you know, prank to end all pranks was, don't most pizza places make you pay over the phone when you order? And the answer is no. Uh, a local Houston pizza place uh, doesn't make us do that. But also, uh, I'm from St. Louis, home of the greatest pizza ever, Emo's Pizza, thin cracker crust, Provel cheese, sweet sauce. And uh, my family has been ordering from the same Emo's for so long that they still pay in check. Uh, and it's, it's a special exception that is allowed uh, by this particular restaurant. Uh, um, so anyway, Bull- Bulldog has clearly fallen on hard times after uh, being let go from KACL. Um, and while he's at Frazier's, he, you know, interacts with baby Alice, who's really not a baby anymore. And now that I think about it, I guess she is probably like a year and a half old. Well, she's like walking around and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, Roz sees that he's good with Alice and is like, well, you know, or is it Frazier that recommends that she hire Bulldog? It's Frazier that notices and says Roz, she had been complaining about not having a nanny earlier. Mm -hmm. He says, well, look how good he is. And she adores him after spending three minutes with him or something. Well, I guess we're supposed to think that he got a lot of QT with her back when he and Roz were having their their fling. For a week. And perhaps she just like remembers him. So, which maybe, maybe not. Um, I, I wrote down though that I, um, A, I forgot about Roz and Bulldog <laughs> that they'd ever, um, you know, uh, known each other biblically. <laughs> so when like, when, when they referenced that, I was like, what is he talking about? Uh, yeah, some things you can't forget. I'm, I'm sure Ryan remembers it. I, I'm sure I'm sure he does too. Um, I also wrote down that I love seeing actors with babies, especially when they're they work well with the baby, because that usually means that the actor spent time with the baby, like offset to like get to know it and make sure that the baby wouldn't like scream as soon as they held it. Well, so I, or, or it's a very trusting baby. 
That's true. That's true. That could be a baby that has no stranger danger. So, um, Ryan noted, um, I'm just passing this along because, you know, we have to have the important Roz details. Um, he said that, you know, he's usually all about Roz's hair, but, um, her boobs look great in that dress. Um, so just letting y'all know, I think I know which dress he's talking about. I, I think writ large Roz's wardrobe this season has been so like chic and age appropriate, but still showing that she's like got sex appeal and is like a modern woman. How old is Roz supposed to be? I think she's supposed to be like 30, like, yeah, I I imagine her at this point being like 37 or 38. Okay. And Frazier is like 45. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a little fuzzy as to Frazier's age because I feel like for the first two or three seasons, they reference him being like 42 and we're like, no time has passed. And also it's weird because like Martin should be older seeming like martin should be in his 70s if his sons mm-hmm. are there mid 40s but they refer to him like well if he hadn't gotten shot like three years ago he'd still be a cop and you're like yeah really like you know i guess he always looked a little bit older than he actually was That's yeah just- yeah um well and you know john mahoney in real life is like eight years older than kelsey Grammer. so right. yeah um, when they were filming he was John Mahoney was actually in his 50s and maybe 60 at the very end. Yeah, yeah. Because when he passed away a few years ago, I want to say he was just in his 70s. 77, yeah, 77. Um, So uh, Roz decides to hire um, Bulldog to be Alice's babysitter. And he's doing a great job. And Roz is happy to have him because she has all these dates lined up all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Um, Yet they all seem to run into an issue in that they either cancel ahead of time or bring her home after like 30 minutes feigning some illness and it's because bulldog is sabotaging her dates yeah and you know it's it's interesting i don't know i haven't been dating during covid and i don't know if you have laurel but uh is that is that i'm sure casey is glad to hear you haven't been dating (laughs) in covid i think it's very hard to do that on the on the sly (laughs) but i i wonder if if covid is a convenient excuse to pull like what these dudes are pulling on Roz, like either it's not going well or some dude in the background is threatening you and you're like, Oh, I have a cough. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't be around you. I would say it's a hundred percent a good reason to bail out of a date. You just say like out of an abundance of caution, like I have this cough and I don't feel great and I'm just gonna like cancel. I I would say that's a great, I mean, that's an excuse I would use in normal times. So I think in a pandemic, it's especially, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just, So Roz is like, this is really like hurting Roz's self-esteem that all these guys keep like bailing on her and Bulldog is showing that he's, you know, a caring, you know, person. He's like comforting her and he plans this kind of like, oh, your date got canceled. I just happened to have made all of this food and have these glasses of wine ready to go um, after this date, um, after your date brings you home after 30 minutes. Um, And come to find out that Roz gets hip to his plan and what what did you think about Roz's punishment where she tricks him to get naked and run out onto the balcony and locks him out there uh I mean I don't know it seemed like it's for Bulldog that wouldn't be that much of a punishment unless it really was cold um but maybe the excitement of uh of, of that the what he thought he was going to do and the disappointment of not being able to do it was is the real punishment. Uh, yeah, I suppose. I I was just kind of like I I, I don't know. I, I I was like I have a balcony. 
I can't imagine if I did that to somebody, I, do, I just don't think it would be all that embarrassing to them. I mean, somebody would have, people would have to be outside right then looking at my balcony. Um, uh, what, what if, would, if someone did that to you, would you be embarrassed? Pro probably yes, but maybe not as much as they thought I would be. Cause what are the odds that I know any of those people who would see me? I mean, I, I tend to waste scenarios against like, you know, do I know any of these people though? Like we all have those friends who are like, Oh, if I'm going to run to the grocery store, I need to, like, what will people think if I'm there basically just in, like, grubby, like, clothes I wear around the house? And I'm like, do you know those people? Right. No. I mean, you know, that's, and, and you probably have a higher percentage because you're from Dallas, and that's, like, the most Dallas attitude ever. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to swim in a pool. I need to put makeup on first. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. I, I had a roommate that put makeup on to go to the gym. Yeah. Uh, and she probably only drank Diet Coke and, uh, you know. But no, you're right. That is a very Dallas thing. Um, and especially for me, like you said, since I'm from Dallas and the grocery store that my parents, my parents live in the house I grew up in, the grocery store by them is very close to my old high school. I rarely set foot in there without wearing a baseball cap. Which because... grocery store is it? Is it Tom Thumb? That's Tom Thumb. Yeah. Mm. And the one on yes, but we'll have, yes, we'll have to bleep that out. Yes. Um, anyway, I usually wear a baseball cap because for a while, it was like younger siblings of people I went to high school with were working at that Tom Thumb. And mm. I would be like, no, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to talk to you. I don't, frankly, I don't, I don't care what you or your sibling has been up to. If we're not friends on Facebook, I truly don't care about them. So. Yeah. See, as a, as a, someone from uh, Missouri, I'm more friendly and I love seeing people in the grocery store or anywhere else. I don't really care what I look like. Uh, if the listener saw me, you would understand. And, uh, like, so I'm always, every time I see someone I know, I always go say hi. And it's always more awkward for them than me. Well, so, wait, so here's the thing. There's people you know, but then there's people that, like, you are actually friends with that you want to interact with. Like, somebody who you have not seen or talked to in, in or thought about in 20 years. I would if you saw them say hi. Oh. Like, if, if I saw someone who went to my elementary school or even my high school, because I graduated now, 17 years ago but wasn't in close contact with or in any contact with i would like go say what's up and i never delete facebook friends i i'm an accumulator so uh, it's not a cultivated collection yeah no my, my, mine is a curated group of people that i'm okay with them knowing about things about my life and then i just don't post to facebook so then even they don't know anything about my life i don't either i'm just really a happy birthday guy and that's about it um well, yeah, this is, it's, it's interesting because I do, I do interact with, if there's somebody like, for example, to keep somebody as a Facebook friend, I think I've maybe mentioned this on the show before, and you will especially get this being such a Dallas fan. Will I cross the North Park food court to say hi to you? Like, and, and I use this as a, as a barometer because it has happened to me where I was by the movie theater at North Park on the second level. You, you know what I'm talking about. And I saw a guy I went to high school with who I was like friends with in high school. He was a few years older than me. Our lockers were next to each other one year. And he lives, his parents still live in the same neighborhood my parents live in. And I saw him and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to say hi. And I crossed and like, he was there with his girlfriend and we chatted and it was great. So that's my barometer. It's like, will I, will I cross that that corridor to go say hi to you. Yeah, my barometer is, will this totally derail my day or not? If it won't, then I'm going to say hi. Um, okay, yeah. So that, that, you are a nicer a nicer. Yeah, person. but anyway, I mean, this episode, like, it's it's really like a, a coming of age for Roz. Like, the, the moral is, after having Bulldog around in, like, a platonic 
capacity. She realizes that she really wants something more. And like mm-hmm. Fraser and Fraser swoops in to wrap that up and does like some psychiatry things. And can we talk about that for a second? I thought that whole scene, as soon as Fraser enters, takes on such a weird energy. Uh, it it is does take on a weird energy, but I think it's probably weirder for us because like the way that people communicated in the nineties was so different. Mm, like that's true. There was more so one, they were at the same restaurant together and, mm-hmm. and he like it seems like he finished his meal and she had like left in a hurry and he wanted to make mm-hmm. sure that she was okay. And so like calling people was harder because he probably left the restaurant and went to her house. Um, yes. And, and you wouldn't necessarily call because you're like, Alice is asleep. Right. And, and you're wake the baby. calling a home phone and not a cell phone. There's not library mm-hmm. and stuff. And, uh, and so I, but I agree because it like becomes like a psychiatrist office sort of. It's, it, mm-hmm. it's just like a show technique, I think, to like wrap up the episode. But I feel like for a show that focuses so much on psychiatry, they do a much better job of not making it seem so obvious and just like, Frazier's going to come in and hammer home the lesson in case yeah. it's then, too subtle. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was, I think that that was, I mean, it was kind of weird, but it, I think it also, it's just like a bygone era. It's true. You know, because it's also like, who calls restaurants to make reservations anymore? That happens. Like, uh, um, I mean, the worst is when restaurants call you to confirm the reservation day of, and I'm like, there's a reason I did this on Open Table, and it's so we would never have to speak. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, oh, who's at the next table? Who's at the next table? But you know, so that like the episode's mostly about Roz, but there are some funny parts, like, yeah. We- the, the B plot. Um... Yeah, the, B, the B plot of Niles choosing where he wants to be dead, and then Martin choosing, you know, a cemetery that neither of his sons would ever pick, and you get close to the maintenance shed because it's the first one to get mowed. Um, so it's funny. As soon as he said close to the maintenance shed, I thought, oh, you'd be the first one to get mowed. <laughs> I don't know if it's well, because I've seen this before. And so now everyone knows where to find Laurel in, uh, you know, like twenty-two eleven. Yes, I will be close to the maintenance shed because you will be the fir- first and last game mode. Like they mow and then they like come back and do another little trim. Right. So, so it's, it's even better. Um, Ryan wanted to point out that he got especially a little teary-eyed when Fraser, when Martin was saying, you know, oh, like this is the like this is your mother's plot and this is mine because that was her side of the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this begs the question of like, what if Martin remarries? Uh, or has 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 a longtime partner towards the end of his life. They wouldn't be buried together. Would she be buried there too? What if she also has a, a dead spouse? And you know, it's just. I think that's really interesting to. Like, what yeah, do, what do you do? I thought that far through it. Really, just enjoyed it as a B plot for Niles trying to. <laughs> You're like, thanks for taking it down this road, Over Maris on on top of the hill, like. Uh, yes. So, yeah. Um, anyway, that was like kind of funny. My favorite part of the episode. Um, was when Fraser made Niles pay for the pizza, and uh, and then Niles was like, uh, "Here you go," and he's like, "Oh, that's a generous tip." He goes, "Yes, it is. Wrong bill," and uh, pulls it back, and I'm like, "So good." Um, so, what what do you think the tip was, and what do you think it became? I think it was a twenty, and then it became it looked like a one, but maybe yeah. A what, I thought it was a one as well, and I was like, okay, even in the year 1999 that's a bad tip well no because he gave him the pizza was 18 something and he gave him 20 mm-hmm. already and got no change so he's adding one on top of that so it's like 250 tip which is like 
not great, but not whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know, especially in, the, in these COVID times, like I, I think I was already like usually a minimum 20% tipper, but in these COVID times, I'm just like, take my money. I, yeah, I see. I have some issue. I don't know. This is a different discussion. Like even absent COVID, what's appropriate for carry out and delivery? I, I, I don't know the answer. Oh yeah. Well, well, carry out and versus delivery is like very different. Yeah. Um, but delivery is also different too, because like you tip someone in a restaurant 20%. And like, is delivery the same level? I mean, in some ways it is, in some ways it's not. Anyway, I'm cheap. I struggle with it. And uh, it's all my fault. Uh, well, should, so anyway, should we do, do, do rate this episode? Yeah, we should rate this episode. Um, you know, I, I think I'm going to give this episode. I'm going to give it. Um, I'm going to say um, six. What is it? Cedarwood candles that was on Rosie's balcony. Yeah, uh, I, I'd give it like five cemetery burial plots, which you know is enough for Martin, uh, Fraser, and, and Niles's mom, Fraser, Niles, and Daphne. Because um, I just thought it was like pretty middle of the road, and uh, I was okay when I was over. Yeah, you, you make a good point. Daphne should have been included in that plot, but Daphne's about, you know, she's going to marry Donnie and they're going to, you know, she's going to have her own family, her own burial plot there. So, um, we'll see. But what anyway. about, what about, uh, Frederick? I mean, yeah, it's, you make, I mean, you make a great point. What about somebody Fraser married later in life? Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, time will tell. Maybe they'll get out yeah. of the, the, uh, the burial plot. Uh, Okay, moving on to the next episode, uh, episode six of season seven, Rivals. Frazier returns home and finds a strange woman in a towel using the phone. It soon turns out her name is Regan, and she recently moved in next door, and Martin rescued her when she accidentally locked herself out. I'm so glad IMDb has returned to their terrible synopses. Uh, yes, because it has nothing about, like, most of the important parts of the... Uh, episode yeah yes they they miss a lot of uh miss a lot of key points because the episode if i'm correct starts at nervosa with poppy uh entering and Fraser trying to avoid her yes yeah and then like talking her and like talking to him like incessantly yes i, I enjoyed his line um when niles was saying you know first kind of needling him that i think you actually have a crush on her and Fraser says like that woman is a wind sock yeah, I thought that was funny. I, mean, I think the whole Poppy thing is hilarious uh, in terms of Fraser just talking bad about her. I enjoy that. Maybe that's just because how I treat people. So um, it is enjoy. You should, Ryan. You should hear the things I say about you off the air. Um, but uh, you're not my Poppy. Don't worry. Um, but I, I like. I just think like the 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 ill will he has towards her is like really very funny. I, I think Niles is correct, especially in TV shows, of that the person that drives you crazy almost always ends up being, you know, the person that they fall for. Um, TV shows, romantic comedies, it's a very common trope. So I, I appreciated Niles just, like, pointing that out and almost getting it out of the way. Yeah, because that doesn't, I mean, I guess we'll talk about it, but it doesn't really end up being true. Um, and then, yes, Frazier does return home to find a woman in a towel um, using his phone. And it is his next-door neighbor, Regan, who's a vet. And lives in his building. I just had some questions about that. I don't feel like vets 
are known for their wealth. She moved in with her dad, who was a judge, right? No, no. The judge is the previous occupant of that apartment. Oh, I thought she moved. I thought she moved in with her father, though. No, he said, oh, that's right. Judge Conroy moved in with his daughter because she's like, I just moved in. And that's yeah, it wasn't that she moved in with her dad, the judge. It was that the judge had left that apartment to go move in with his daughter. Well, yeah, I don't know. I think veterinarians do like pretty well for themselves. I think anyone with the title doctor does pretty well um, for themselves. I think, it, you know, it kind of depends. You have a dog and you go to a vet and you pay cash for everything and it's kind of expensive isn't it this is true yes but i also feel like vets often have just like a ton of debt from vet school and that maintaining a vet practice is really expensive like it's not like you're you're a neurosurgeon and the hospital like covers most of your overhead as a vet you're like you know covering your overhead as well well anyway i i don't know i always thought of them as like doing pretty well like maybe they're not highland parkers but they could definitely be like North Dallas inside LBJers. Um, anyway, so uh, it turns out that Martin offered to help this woman who ended up locked out, locked out of her apartment in a towel solely for the purpose of her to meet Frazier yeah. and for, for them to potentially go out. Yeah. And uh, Martin is kind of funny. He's both sweet and uh, uh, like so over the top, like, oh, Frazier, I took your keys. Here's the BMW. Like, which I was like, nice. And I also remember a time, and maybe it's different because you're from Dallas where people are car obsessed, where like having a BMW was like really very, like much more of a status symbol than Oh, much more, yes. Uh, like, I feel like now- I was gonna say, don't, don't you drive a BMW? Do you feel like that's something you should be dropping your keychain around to impress people? Uh, no, well, definitely not in Texas where like 50% of people drive luxury car brands, it seems like maybe in the very cultured circles that I run in. Um, but when I go home and people hear that I have a BMW, they're like, F you, I can't believe you do. And I'm like, it costs as much as a Camry, like pipe down. It's not that nice. I'm not that successful, even though I'm among the most successful lawyers in Houston. But yeah, it's fine, but it's certainly not. But then when, and I bought it used because I'm a, I'm a sensible guy and I'm a dad now. My pants are pleated and my jeans are acid washed. And uh, so anyway, uh, it, those new ones could be expensive. But yeah, I wish that I could use it like Fraser does and impress people. Just impress the ladies with it. But yours has a, like a baby seat in it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's true. I mean, I just, I don't want to impress just the ladies. I want to impress others. Everybody, yes. Yeah, I mean, now you have to like, now I think it's like Tesla is like a thing. A hundred percent. Oh, yes. oh, you drive a Tesla? Like, what's up, big dog? Yeah. It's uh, no Tesla's definitely taken that that mantle. Um, yeah, I feel like Tesla's and even like those ultra luxury brands where it's like, oh, a Rolls or well, I mean, like a Maserati. Yeah, if people are actually doing that, that's cra that's some crazy talk. Or like a Bentley. Wasn't it? Was it when we when we went to Tony's when you were like, oh, I forgot to drive my Bentley or something? Uh, I probably said something like that, but because uh, there were like three Bentleys outside. That seems reasonable. Yeah. Frazier kind of starts to date Regan a little bit. Also, it really annoys me if her name is Regan and not Regan. And then Niles uh, comes over and meets her, but doesn't meet her really because they've met before. Right. She Niles, she goes, she seeks uh, psychiatric therapy from Niles, which is like, I think that 
you need to seek therapy about getting therapy from Niles uh, based on the show. But uh, but it, it's like this weird sort of patient doctor confidentiality thing that creates a whole situation of circular and misunderstood jealousy. Yes. Yes. And ends up not to jump fully to the end, but winds up with Frazier and Niles sabotaging their budding relationships with the women that they're actually interested in. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the whole part of this show, uh, this particular episode is like when Frazier talks about something like Frazier thinks that Niles likes Regan. And so they're like talking past each other. And Niles thinks Frazier likes Poppy because neither of them could understand how they couldn't like that person. It's just a whole bunch of miscommunication hijinks, uh, which was fine. Um, so I, I wrote down that this is um, this felt like a filler episode yeah. where they were like they they, they like plan plotted out the really big turning points of this season. Or like, okay, we got to fill in some episodes to get to these. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess to the extent that any of these people like come back, maybe it will have added significance. But like, nothing really happens. I agree. It's just like oh, we're going to miscommunicate and see what happens for a while. Um, and to me, the best part was when, like, Roz, as the objective third party, it's like, Frazier, idiot, he likes, Niles likes Poppy, and he's like, how could anyone do that? She's like, this, you know? And then, like, to Niles, he's like, Frazier hates Poppy, he likes her. No, no one could not be attracted to her. And then it's like... <laughs> I'm a psychiatrist. I know what I'm talking about. And Roz is like, okay, I'm just over here at the bar getting drunk. Um, <laughs> and, and speaking the truth. Yeah. And um, so that to me, like those two interactions was like the funniest part of the, uh, of the episode. Otherwise it was like, okay, we're watching David Hyde Pierce and Kelsey Grammer do like tangos or something. Well, and also do things that I feel like, they have an episode like this almost every season where if Frazier and Niles just sat down and talked for two straight minutes, everything would be cleared up, but then we wouldn't have an episode. Yeah. I mean, I think that's an ongoing thing is that they both think that they're better communicators than they actually end up being, mm, yeah. you know, it's like they talk past each other and something weird happens. So uh, yeah, I, that seems to happen a lot. I, you know, it's like we forget now because does anyone watch network TV comedies anymore? Like, I know that people do, but those are the people who vote for Trump. And um, oh, hey, my parents watch network comedies, and I don't think they'll mind me saying that they both voted for Biden. Uh, my parents watch NCIS and all of its various iterations, oh, but mm -hmm. don't don't seem to watch network comedies. But it's like. Like the idea that you make 24 episodes for 10 or 12 years, that's like, a, that's like, I don't know if we're ever going to see like a relevant comedy do that again. That's not just like a bunch of dad jokes that middle Americans like while they're eating corn. Um, so like, I, you know, it's kind of weird. They had to, I guess they had to have these and you look back on them now and you see, you know, especially in Frasier where like, like, I think you see it less in Friends or less in Seinfeld, where all the characters were, like, a little more equals, so they mm -hmm. can have their own storylines. Here, it's like, Frazier and Niles are, like, the two more important, like, people that the storylines revolve around, I think. And then you have, like, mm -hmm. Roz and Martin and Daphne as, like, the offshoots, but, you know, it's like, they can't, 
focus less on two people and then like keep the show going. Like in Friends, you might have one like where Joey's never in it, but you wouldn't notice. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So there's it's maybe true. like a little less filler there because like there's more storylines that you could play around with. Yeah, and also perhaps I just I expect a little too much from two characters who have shown that as as intelligent as they are, they are very reticent to change. So like, of course, they're going to keep having the same conflicts and misunderstandings over and over again because they don't really learn from their mistakes with each other. No, and like that's almost how I mean, like in a '90s network comedy, like does anyone ever learn anything? I mean, like. Not, no, I'm trying to think of good. Okay, so I think Shit's Creek is a good example of showing like characters evolving and changing and you know just i think that's true i mean Shit's creek to me still strikes me more as like a and maybe it's just because of how i watched it i know it's on canadian cbc like canadian broadcasting mm -hmm. but like it has shorter seasons mm -hmm. there's less total it was basically kind of like a like a uh netflix type show where it's it's a little more evolved than like uh CBS Wednesday night comedy where we're watching like, you know, freaking Charlie Sheen and John Cryer and a little kid like live together and everyone's cracking up about the terrible jokes that are in it. Or Big Bang Theory, which is proof that comedy is dead in America, um, at least with like a large percentage of people, because there has never been anything funny on that show ever, I'm fairly confident. And uh, yet those people like watched it like Johnny Galecki and, you know, they, they really need to think long and hard about, like, what they're doing with their lives. Because, like, is all the money in the world worth that lack of dignity and self-respect? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, getting back to it, this episode was so unmemorable that we started talking about Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men because it's just, like, a filler. Niles and Fraser have their common uh, miscommunication issue. They realize it over bourbon at the end of the night. Uh, mm -hmm. which is weird that they're not drinking sherry. Um, but I guess, yes. you know, Fraser has pretty much chest hair, so he can handle bourbon, I suppose. Um, well, and, and one thing that Ryan noted is that he says, we've learned from this is that Fraser's true love is Niles, which I kind of find precious. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, they it's like, if you think about it, and I know that you don't have any siblings. I, I do have siblings, two brothers. Um, like, I, even if we lived in the same city, I can't imagine us ever being as close as Fraser and Niles are. Uh, mm -hmm. And like, you know, my parents all have siblings, many of whom live in the same, and they are close with them, but they're not like at their house all the time. Like, yeah, dropping by. and Yeah, so I, I don't know. I think that is like an underrated and sweet part of our relationship. Like, you know, when you have siblings, you're bonded to them because you've got to deal with your parents and their arbitrary and capricious rules all the time and you conspire against them and now that i'm a parent i'm totally going to employ said arbitrariness um but like it, it's also sweet that they like have many of the same interest and like to do things together and you know just like to sit on the couch and listen to the opera um yes and drink sherry like a bunch of you know minis I did want to take a second to talk about the actress Gigi Rice, who played Regan, because she looks so familiar to me. And I'm, I'm going through her IMDb, and she's been on shows that I've heard of, but shows I didn't watch. Like, she was in Army Wives. She was in the John Larroquette show. She was in some show called Do-Over. Um, 
She was well, in Nip Talk, actually, which I watched. She was in what? Nip, an episode of Nip Talk. But like that's just that she's been in like one episode of a lot of things, and I'm just she, like, why would I? Why would I know you from something? Maybe I just know her from Frasier. She's married to uh, a Ted McGinley, who is uh, oh, who is on Married with Children and some and like revenge. You know, he's like Happy Days and some other things. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So okay. you may have seen her sort of around with him. Okay. Well, yeah. When I, you know, when I'm at all those Hollywood hangouts, you see. Oh, I don't know. You're probably reading Us Weekly. You're just like you're just a single batch in Austin, the new Hollywood. Just you know, Peloton, drinking organic juices, walking your dog, and reading Us Weekly and gad jabbing with the girls. Uh, first of all, couldn't tell you last time I read in Us Weekly, and I probably can count on one hand the number of issues I've read. But um, other than that, you're kind of you're, you're not too far off. Although jabbing with the girls also includes like you and Clark and you know. I. Every time I go to the doctor, I always go for Us Weekly. People love the Star Tracks. So I want to see what I want to see what these people are doing. I've been reading a lot of royal family news that's been showing up on my Facebook. Oh um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, because you know I. I like to hate on the Royals. Um, I don't even know why we refer to them as Royals. We shouldn't. It's too much of an honorific. Um, But uh, anyway, you know, I don't call him Prince Charles. I call him Douche Charles. Um, Great. He apparently can't even put toothpaste on his own toothbrush. He makes his servants do that for him. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like that they just do it for him. I'm sure he can. I wonder if he can. He's also a shorty. He's shorter than he was shorter than Princess Diana, and I like that because and and he's a cuck. Prince Charles a cuck, um, which I feel okay about. Was, yeah, he is a cuck. He is a he's a beta cuck. Uh, Diana was cucking him with her bodyguard and with like her chef and a bunch of other people. I mean, we could also point out that he, you know, had a basically a long-term affair that started before they even got married and then he that's true and that's why they're all terrible people and the queen raised like a child molester a bunch of people got divorced and uh you know anyway the queen i i don't know if there's a god but i don't know if god's saving her um so i i don't know if we have more to talk about in this episode i'm interested to see if regan or poppy come up again like, mm-hmm. I don't know, Regan, so I know that this has been an ongoing dialogue that you and Ryan have had. Have, have had. Regan, I think, is very attractive, but I, it's, she's not out of Fraser's League attractive. I completely agree, yes. Like, she's, it's very, it makes sense that she that she would be interested in Fraser. Right, like, and so, I don't know, I thought that they were, like, a good a good match. Like, I, and when I saw her, at Martin, like, had some great one-line. He was just, like... He was like, uh, and that body, wow! Like, and he said something like, "Just because the cakes for someone else doesn't mean you can't eat a few crumbs or something." Yeah. And you're just like, you're like, nice. I love. I'm like Martin. Go get it. Like you do. Never you. change. Uh, so anyway, I don't. I don't know if there's anything else about this episode that you found notable uh as we're no because i i found this to be a very like i as i watched this episode i watched it last night i was very much like i'm bored in this episode i found it to be super just filler and yeah 
Yeah, I I agree. I was not. I mean, other than like Regan being relatively attractive uh, and Roz, you know, like telling the two psychologists and psychiatrists like what's actually going on and then poo-pooing her away. And it started strong because Martin was being real tight. I liked him. See, uh, I actually went down that Martin is usually smoother than this because I found Martin to be pretty clumsy. And I was just like, Martin, you're usually better than this. Agreed, but it was still pretty fun. Like it, oh, it was, yes. The so that, that was the highlight. And then it's like, I couldn't even tell you about a bunch of the conversations that happened from like minute three to minute 12 and from minute 14 to there at the end. Like, Wow. Um, did you want to rate this episode? Yeah, I give this episode four um, bathrobes with jasmine on. Well, I am going to give this four as well. Um, and I'm going to do a slight tweak of the prop. Um, I'm going to do one of those towel wraps that has Velcro on it. Because Regan could have really benefited from that. Yeah, I mean, you know, she was just exposing herself. So I, I have one, and I can say this because my mom's birthday is Monday, so she will have received it by then. I just bought my mom one for her birthday. So uh, I think that she will like that. I think Kathy, I think Kathy will like it. Well, Kyle, I want to say thank you for pinch hitting on this episode. Um, you're welcome back anytime. Uh, well, thank, you and Ryan you can record me. without me. Yeah, uh, I I don't know that I'm ready for that yet, but uh, you know, I, I look yeah. forward to maybe before Fraser ends for uh, on your and Ryan's journey to maybe another guest spot, and maybe maybe we'll do like season eleven. Ooh, yeah. Because when when were you on? I know it was last spring, but I don't remember what. Uh, I, I like couldn't even I couldn't even tell you it was it was around some VI I'm, I'm interested to see like now I started watching Frasier when the podcast came out and then like I couldn't stop myself because mm-hmm. I finished with it uh, yeah. so I only vaguely I like recall the major themes but uh, yeah well um Craniacs thank you for listening um if you have feedback for us thoughts you have very strong feelings about burial plots or um filler episodes of fraser you can reach us on uh, via email we are craniacs at gmail.com that's c-r-a-n-e-i-a-c-s we are on twitter at craniacs we are on facebook craniacs a fraser podcast that's our facebook group you will have to ask to be added but as long as you don't seem like you know a bot we will add you and that's where that's where the real real stuff gets gets chit-chatted about in the group um you can find us on stitcher spotify overcast um itunes and uh several other probably podcasting platforms but if you're listening to this you probably found us somewhere so if you feel so inclined we would love a five-star review um on specifically on itunes i think that's the main site where you can get reviews um and give reviews but we would love that it helps people find us um, we haven't checked actually lately for reviews. So if you've given us a review recently and it was five stars, thank you. If it was four stars or below, you are dead to us. Um, and Kyle, I realized I didn't prep you for this. Do you have a suggestion if somebody wanted to give us a less than five star review, um, what they could do with that time instead? Uh, I, I haven't thought about that, but, uh, yes, I do. Um, given all the political turmoil that we are experiencing, I, for Christmas received, uh, Barack Obama's memoir, Promised Land. And Ooh. I haven't started it yet, but I would encourage each of you to 
go read at least a 100-page excerpt from the 700 pages that he wrote and think about how thoughtful people can be and then not give a five-star review and, and don't give anything less than a five-star review after reading our, our former president's words. I think I think that is a great I think that's a great idea. All right, well, it's good talking to you, Seattle. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, and until next time, I'm Laurel. And I'm Kyle. And Ryan says hello as well. And we're listening. Okay. Thank you.